Thanks for joining us here today on Brit David Podcast as Pastor Tim brings us a message today from 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 7, entitled, God's Calling. God has called you to service. You may say, not me, I'm not a preacher or a missionary. You may or may not be called to a full-time, professional church staff kind of ministry, or even to some far-off place to serve as a missionary. But you have been called, and that calling requires something of you. That's what Paul addresses with young Timothy in his very first letter to him. Here's Pastor Tim. Amen. That's good. You can have a seat. I like that song an awful lot. That's a good one. It's a good way to get our Christmas season started, isn't it, with some good Christmas carols. I want to say thank you to those that, um, uh, that have decorated. It looks good in here, doesn't it? Got some new stuff in here this, uh, this week that you didn't even get to see last week. And I appreciate those, those people very, very much when it comes to that. All right, let me invite you to take your Bible. Turn with me today to 1 Timothy chapter number 3. 1 Timothy chapter number 3. So we've been working our way book by book, alphabetically, you have been reading your Bible, I hope, this year, book by book, alphabetically, all the way through, and we're coming to a close, aren't we? Just one more month worth, and you will have read your Bible all the way through in a way that probably you have not read your Bible through uh, this way. We've got just a few more books ourselves as we go through on these Sunday mornings and Sunday nights, and I encourage you to be here for each and every one of those. Today, I want to preach to myself. I want to preach to those today who may be like me. I want to preach to you today a passage out of Paul's first letter to Timothy that describes not only what the pastor is to be like, describes what the church leader is to be like. In fact, as we go through these verses, what you're going to notice is, is that these character qualities are not exclusive to pastors. They're not exclusive to missionaries. They're not exclusive to Sunday school teachers or deacons. Every believer... Every man, every woman should be able to be categorized the same way that this person is categorized. Now having said that, I will say this to you. The person that you allow to stand before you, the person that you allow to lead you in church, whether it be in total or even just in your own class, needs to be a person of the right kind of character. If there's one thing I can say about myself is I'm a character. I want to make sure, though, I've got the right ones. And you need to make sure. Listen, our church knows this. Our church knows this by experience. That we've had men that have stood in this very place where I stand today should not have been standing here. Doesn't do well for the church. Doesn't do well for the kingdom. 
doesn't do well for anyone when the person that God has not chosen steps into a place of leadership, no matter what that position is. And so in 1 Timothy chapter number 3 and over in the book of Titus, God gives to these two men who were given the responsibility for setting in order how that church will operate. He gives them, this is the kind of person who needs to be a leader. And we need to take these things for what they are, for what they mean. We need to make sure that our leaders are fitting in these categories. If you're there in 1 Timothy chapter 3, you're going to see that the very first verse mentions, in my New King James, it calls him a bishop. Yours may say overseer. In fact, there are a number of words in your New Testament to describe really what we have in our modern church as one position. A bishop, an overseer, a, a, a shepherd, a pastor. I believe all of those, an elder also is one of those words. I believe each one of those words describes what we call the modern day pastor. What is that pastor supposed to be like? Well, as I go through these opening verses... I discovered these four things about the calling that God has on his life. Now before we get to that, let me mention one more thing to you. Because in using the word calling, some of you have just checked out. <laughs> You've just said, okay, good, finally, this is a message that doesn't belong to me. This is not one, he ain't preaching to me today for finally. You know, he ain't going to step on my toes today because I've not been called to be a preacher I hadn't been called to be a missionary. I, had, I differ with you on that one, by the way. I hadn't been called to do this or that on a church staff somewhere. Listen, our word for calling comes from the Latin word that simply means vocation. You have a job? You have a vocation? Then you have a calling. What you want to make sure is, is that the calling, the vocation that you are in is the one that God has given to you. Not just a vocation where you can make a lot of money. Not just a vocation where you can have the days off that you want to have. But a genuine calling from God. God has equipped me, you recognize. To work in this area, to work as a nurse, to work as a teacher, to work as a doctor, to work as whatever it is that your job is. Is that your calling? That God has called you to be His ambassador, to be His missionary, right there in that job that you do every single day day. That job that you think is so mundane. That job that you think that is so boring. That job that you think that is so far out there that God could never use you. 
God can use you. No matter who you are, no matter what you do, as long as you do it God's way. Right? Doesn't matter what you do, as long as you do it God's way. So in essence, this message really is for all of us, isn't it? All right? I want to say some things really about the preacher today, but you need to know that these things fit you right where you are. All right, I said there are four. The first one is this. The calling, the calling of God enjoys the compulsion. Enjoys the compulsion. Let me show you what I mean. Look, if you will, in verse number one. First Timothy, chapter number three. This is a faithful saying. In other words, this is something you can take to the bank. This is something that you can count on. This is a faithful saying. If a man desires the position of a bishop, he desires a good work. A good work. When I was in college... I was a sophomore. I was getting ready to transfer my junior year up to the University of Georgia. I was an art major. And I began to wonder, you know, <laughs> what am I going to do with that, really? What, what, what am I going to do with my life? So I felt, like I, I felt like I knew, and I felt like I knew how I could honor the Lord in that kind of industry. And so I began to make my plans that way. One morning during my own quiet time, I was reading through First and Second Samuel, and I want to tell you something, God spoke to my heart. I didn't hear Him with my ears, I didn't hear some audible voice, there wasn't thunder, there wasn't lightning, there wasn't any of that. But the still, small voice of the Spirit of God whispered into my heart, and said, Tim, I want you to be a pastor. And I said, you got to be kidding. <laughs> let, me, let me clear out my ears. Let me clear out my heart. I'm not so sure I heard God right. If you had known me then, you would have thought, let me clean out my ears. <laughs> let me clean out my heart. Because surely God hadn't called that guy to do that. But I knew. I knew. I knew as clearly as I knew anything what God was calling me to do. And I was afraid. I was afraid. I was afraid of people like you. <laughs> I was afraid of the job. I was afraid of the calling. I was afraid of the work. I was afraid of it all. And I said, God... Thanks, but no thanks. I got a better idea. You ever told God that? God, I got a better idea. Let me tell you, what do you think about this? What God thought about what I thought about wasn't very much. In fact, most of the things that I had done my entire life and felt comfortable doing I could see an image in my head, and that's what ended up on the canvas or on the paper. 
suddenly I just, I couldn't do it anymore. And even when I tried, I got to where I didn't, I didn't like it. It wasn't fun to paint anymore. It wasn't fun to draw anymore. I think somewhere deep down in my own heart, I recognized that there was a rebellion that was running through me. And I just couldn't get away from it. Listen to me carefully. God may or may not be calling you into some professional role. But let me tell you this. When you know that you know that God has called you to do anything, you will be miserable if you run. Let me say that for every Jonah that's out there. For every Jonah that stands here who thinks that they can run away and do what they want to do for the Lord and that He will somehow bless it. He will not. And your heart will stay stirred until you fall into line and you get into obedience with Him. No matter what that is. That nominating committee comes to you and says, hey, we've been praying about this and we want to ask you to serve as such and such at church. I'm going to tell you something, if God has called you into that, you will not be happy until you do it. Hello, you hear me? Okay. So I rocked on doing my own thing until God finally made me miserable enough that I just said, okay, God, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. Even when you don't feel capable, God gives you strength and God gives you joy. I can't imagine doing anything else. I can't imagine being happy doing anything else. There's something about your desires in serving the Lord. That that very thing that God has called you to do that may be fearful is the very thing that also gives you fulfillment. It's the very thing that gives you sense of satisfaction. It's the very thing that stokes your personal fire. And so he says, if there is someone who has a desire, who has the compulsion to serve as a pastor, well, he's desiring a good thing. Can you imagine... Can you imagine if you had a preacher that hated what he did? You know, I used to hear preachers all the time say, I love being a pastor, I just don't like the people. <laughs> well, tell you something, you're in the wrong business, right? There's something about that desire itself that enables you and helps you along the way. You enjoy the compulsion the desire of doing what God has called you to do. 
So in this job that you have now, is there satisfaction there? Is there fulfillment? Are you doing the things that you know that God has called you to do? Then enjoy it. Enjoy it. He's giving you that that you might. Let me show you something else. Number two. This calling not only enjoys the compulsion, this calling expects His character. This calling that He has on your life expects His character to be your character. Listen, what we're going to look at is a whole list of qualifications, of requirements that are what it means to be a pastor. Qualifications, really, of what it means to be a servant of the Lord. To serve Him in whatever area of the calling it is that you have. That everybody should have these same qualities. Being a pastor, being a Sunday school teacher, being a deacon, is not about ability. It's not about capacity. It's not about your talents or your skills. It's not about your personality. That's the part that made me afraid. Every, every pastor, every preacher that I knew was, was so outgoing. And I thought, well, God, that's not my personality. Every, every pastor, every, every leader that I knew, man, they were just great at what they did. And I thought, God, I can't do that. I don't have that ability to do. It's never about your ability. It's always about your availability. And if you will turn over everything that you are and everything that you have to Him, He will turn it into something wonderful, something beautiful, something useful. So it's not about ability. It's not about competency or giftedness. That's not what you're going to read in our list. It is about character. What kind of person are you? Do the people that you work with, would they be surprised to discover that you're a Christian? Would they be, would they be surprised to discover that you go to church? Your character is how you are known. And above all things, it is itself your testimony. So make sure that you have these things. Look with me. Verse number 2. A bishop then, this person who is called, must be blameless. This is not a preference. He says that he must be blameless. 
I was listening to J. Vernon McGee. Some of you may listen to him. When he got to this passage, he said, he said, you know, one of the biggest problems is, is that the preacher gets blamed for everything. So how can he be blameless? You may find yourself blamed for plenty of things. You may find yourself blamed for things that you didn't even know even happened. Things that you didn't have anything to do with. Here's the issue of the one who is called being blameless. Do people consider it true? Have you lived your life in such a way that when the blame comes, when the charges against you are laid, that somebody says, oh yeah, I believe he did that. If someone were to say to you, Tim has fallen morally, would you say, well, I saw that coming a mile away. If suddenly you saw me arrested for a DUI, would you say, yep, he finally got caught. What kind of character do you have? What is it that people believe about you? You must be blameless in your character. Join us tomorrow here on Brett David Podcast as Pastor Tim continues his message from 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 7, entitled, God's Calling. Pastor Tim would love to connect and share with you about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and how you can know that you know that Jesus is your Savior and Lord. That address is churchoffice at brittdavid.org. We are located at 2801 West Brit David Road, Columbus, Georgia, 31909. Thanks again for joining us here on Brit David Podcast.